May your survival be long. May your death be swift. Hello, this is William. And this is Tere. And you're listening to Last Night at the Arcade, where we talk about everything video game related. Like... Do you remember Abby's trailer? When we see her being carried through the woods and we can see her beautiful back and shoulders and then she's hanging from the tree and then she starts choking that seraphat lady. I wish that was me. <laughs> In this episode, we'll be diving into Naughty Dog's latest installment, The Last of Us Part 2. So what do you think? I liked it. I liked it too. Compared to the first game, I feel like it includes more of Ellie, which is something I really wanted to see in the first game, so I'm really happy that we spend most of the game with her. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, another point I want to take out was um, I actually really like the characters a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more diverse. Um, there's a lot more newer faces we can actually explore. Like, would know their names and their personality types. Their motivations, their, their backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, I've been curious to ask, what's, what's your favorite character in this game? I think... I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. I really like Lev, but just a little bit more, I really like Abby. I think she and Lev were my two favorite characters in the game. And you? I would have to say uh, Ellie, of course. And uh, Jesse. Okay, I was kind of scared you were gonna say Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not Tommy, because I have some reasons about him. Yeah. In a, if we're gonna get into spoilers like later on in the yeah, episode. Yeah, I would say for both, the first game, the DLC Left Behind, and the Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. So just so they know. Um, but yeah, I I really like the gameplay. Got. Update, updated I feel like we got a lot of levels and parts in the game where we could still play a little more like the first game but the new uh, now you can go prone or now they, there were some new features that I really like and I feel like they updated the game and kept it interesting but still you kind of have the same feeling like you had in the old one yeah, I actually agree. I really love the prone feature, which is really cool because that's you can that's like a straight up like full stealth game, like from any other stealth game I'm familiar with, like Metal Gear Solid or Splinter Cell. Uh, I would say Last of Us Two will fit in that category for like any st stealth games. Yeah, I like that. You know, when you play as Ellie, like you rely a little more on stealth, um, and when you play as Avi, uh, it felt more like a type of like a Joel type of gameplay. Well, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, Joel Valentine, right? Or Joel. Joel. Oh, Joel. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you thought I said Joel? <laughs> yeah, I was like. No, like because Ellie's smaller and she's still like better at sneaking around. Like she always has that switchblade. Yeah. So she she has a different type of defense and like attacks, uh, but Joel was like a bigger character and it was more comfortable to like face enemies with him and I feel like it's just like that with Abby like um and she also I think it's interesting because she also cla crafts knives to attack the zombies with as uh like I said like Abby uh, like Ellie uses a knife 
all the time so there's no worry that it's gonna break or that you have certain uses or, or like a limited amount of supplies to keep crafting them and i just thought it was interesting because that's the way it was with joel as well yeah um i think the biggest like gameplay wise compared to joel and abby was um abby is more of like the updated movements stuff mm-hmm. of joel so abby has more features like she has like a combat tree where like combat means like more like upgrades and like more stealthy make your character more stealthy more mm-hmm. master of craftsmanships and weapons and and melee weapons and also she's really brutal with melee attacks with her bare hands because with her yeah. huge guns <laughs> <laughs> I, for me i felt like it was so fun to play as her because of uh she's more of a defense kind of character yeah i can see that um and it was just so much fun and i think it's funny that people kept saying that she's an unrealistic type of buddy because no one called out how unrealistic is that joe at his 40s or however old he is in the first game he's just cracking the skulls of 20 year olds (laughs) like nothing (laughs) that's funny (laughs) i mean uh, on defense, on for uh, on behalf of Abby, I mean, me growing up in the gym, like I did see, you know, a few women who are like has like a huge body shape yeah. as Abby. So I mean, I just don't even can't get my head around it of of their arguments really. Yeah, especially because women that that's their profession and that's like their passion. They dedicate a lot of time to their body fitness and you know working out. And I think this is part of how we can learn more about Abby's character because she's so obsessed with you know killing Joel and like becoming this ultimate weapon to for whenever she encounters him this is like her body is just a way to show you what obsession looks like yeah yeah um compared to difference I think you said about uh, Ellie you know she's more of like a sneaky sneaky character and Abby's a well, I want to I want to point out on Ellie's really quick. I think I like Ellie. I think I enjoy playing as Ellie more than Abby mm-hmm. because I love stealthy stuff. It's always it's always a great challenge, and also um, I really like um, her weapons. I like to be able to use a bow and arrow, and I like I like her like using her your her pump action shotgun. Oh yeah. Yeah, those are pretty cool. So um, we did talk about gameplay. Um, I want to I want to touch base about the music. Wait, before we uh, finish talking about gameplay, I want to talk about how cool it is uh, that this game is really customizable. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like one of it when I was talking to my sister about it. You know, one of the first one of the things I told her is that you know every time we play a new game, the first thing we do is we have to pause the game, go to settings, and then turn on the subtitles. Oh, yeah. Because for me, uh, it's hard for me to understand people or, like, even um, capture what they're saying without reading it. Like, even when I watch movies or anything, I always have subtitles on. Oh, yeah. And it's so cool that, you know, as soon as the game starts, they ask you, you know, you want subtitles on this size or that size? What color do you want? And apparently, um, there's this... uh, post on reddit by sightless combat um where he well where they talk about how you know they're they say they're a gamer without sight sight and they completed the the last of us 
without needing any assistance. Really? Yeah, and they talk about, you know, uh, how long it took. And, like, they, I think that is really cool uh, that Naughty Dog is doing this because it's, you know, bringing a... It's changing the way we make games and is you know hopefully sending setting a standard of what a game should be in terms of accessibility oh okay so what you're saying is like there's like a settings where like that it makes it more playable for people with disabilities is that correct yeah okay. like even when you change the camera sensibility you know we saw like all the many options and you know like there's another user user under the name welcome to outer heaven you know and they say congrats that's really awesome which accessibility as, as accessibility options are you referring to and how do they work i think i've heard something about this and then you know the person that posted the game the post um uh answers this is not an exhaustive list but it should give you some idea tts for the narration of the ui Navigational assistance to aid me in traver traversing the environment. Enhanced listen mode to allow me to scan for items and enemies audio cues and track them with a navigational assistance. Target lock slash audio auto aim to allow me to line up my shots via audio cues and allow me to um, allow me to more quickly take down enemies. Unlimited invisibility whilst prone. To, be be to better allow me to strategize in stealth scenarios, stealth attack on aware enemies and account, stealth attack on aware enemies and account for my inability to see cover. And we can, I think we should put a link on the show notes about uh, a link for this thread so more people that are curious about it and wanna see where the conversation goes can go check it out for themselves but i just think that's a really cool thing um it's the first game to be that accessible and that customizable and hopefully more games will follow uh its lead well wow, that's actually I'm, actually I'm actually pretty impressed how that goes like but um but uh but just be glad yeah, that um there's actually more games that can actually do very similar ways for people with disability can actually play uh for example unrelated uh theme of this episode is uh, uh the new call of duty game modern warfare um they set up a feature for people for who are like uh, completely paralyzed and there's a video i saw where this guy who's completely paralyzed and he's actually using the controller like a special controller with for his mouth to control the character for multiplayer game and I saw him playing some battle royale, and he actually like take out, eliminate a few players. And I <laughs> was like, cool. uh, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, and I'm glad that it's you know it's finally changing the way things are. Cause I remember like you know even a couple years ago, or even still today, there's an there's an, an organization, and I can't remember the name, but it's a nonprofit where they basically make special controllers for people with uh disability so they can enjoy games like everyone else but you know the controller can only take you so far if the program or the software doesn't support it so hopefully we can see more uh stuff like that in the future as well i also really like the music and the acting in the game uh i do feel like the music felt less present for me in this game than in the previous one i feel like when we uh first played the last of us it, you know the, the music felt like a big part of it 
and now I, I just it didn't feel as strong to me but I still really enjoyed it even this the sound design was really good and I think it did a really great job to like make you feel like you're in the in their world mm-hmm. yeah I actually agree uh, in my opinion about the music like um, I do have to admit it was like it's our first playthrough and um, I, I haven't really paid attention to the music yeah throughout of it because players who played through the last of us game like they're they're mostly gonna be paying attention of the atmosphere of the of the of the game than the music but I have listened to a couple music at some of the cutscene I did really enjoyed it the nice banjo in the background or the acoustic guitar um I really enjoyed it and um, and the sound designs it's um, all the like the sound noises of LA just slitting throats of the enemies <laughs> that was like really gruesome and you just hear the like the people were just like gargling in blood it was just like oh god damn it was so I really like breaking glasses that was <laughs> it's just uh, the noise made it so fun to do are you gonna are you gonna like break glasses in real life <laughs> <laughs> just for the sake of enjoyment I think it's better in the game <laughs> I also really like Laura Bailey uh, as Abby she was really cool too and oh. I, I think it's awesome that Lev's uh, actor is actually a trans Asian oh really yeah I did actually didn't know that yeah which is really cool especially you know in the last couple of years Hollywood has been casting pretty much Scarlett Johansson for every Asian <laughs> uh, every Asian part and you know they're all these a- Asian characters have been whitewashed in the media for so long. Yeah. And I just really like that it's not only an Asian man, but it's also trans like Lev and that's I just think that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a very uh that's a very great move for um for Neil Dunkerman, is that the guy names, I right? Think so. Yeah, yeah so um I feel like uh trans actors and voice actors should get some more recognitions and familiar uh, to add it in the resume. Yeah, and I think it's valid that if you're writing, it's only fair that if you're writing stories about these people, it should be people like them, bringing them to life. Yeah, just to make the voice actors and actors more diversity. I mean, I mean, are we going to get tired of hearing Troy Baker in another video game? <laughs> <laughs> nah, let's just, uh, let's just bring the, the trans uh, voice actors and actors in the game, just to keep it, you know, new for the audiences. Yeah. The environment was gorgeous too. I really love playing in Seattle, but mainly because I just love the rain and I love how the rain looked. Oh the yeah. Whole time I remember that part in the game where Ellie is trying to turn on the radio in the theater, and then we just step out of the building to like climb to the ceiling, mm-hmm. and then it's just raining. And I remember I just stood there for like a little bit, just moving the camera around, looking at the rain. Even like the flooded parts in Seattle look really cool. That was like I think the scariest parts for me. The two times she almost drowned. <laughs> oh, the well, when she's on the the rapids. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then when she almost gets to the aquarium and then a wave hits oh, her bow. Oh man. That was that was I think those were the scariest parts for me. Oh man. It really make me anxious. Well. I'm gonna have to bear an honest opinion for this game for the environmental. I do really enjoy the the Seattle environment. It's really cool, but sometimes you know, like, I mean, The Last of Us Two is a very depressing game, right? And like the weather of Seattle, it's always raining, and it's just, it just makes you feel depressed. And the setting is makes you even more depressed. And 
But sometimes I feel like, you know, like we're stuck in Seattle for most of most of all the game, most of the whole campaign. It feels like it's a little bit of a drag. But what I'm kind of glad is that, you know, there's like a little destination route where the game will take you inside the buildings and just to keep, you know, just to keep things, you know, interesting and stuff. So. See, I would disagree cause, because we say in the other, in the previous game, we're traveling across country. Yeah. So it kind of felt repetitive. Like every city looked the same. Yeah. Which it makes sense. Like they all going to look after the apocalypse. They all look like a garbage or detroit <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but um because we stayed in seattle for so long we saw like the city itself you know just like becoming ruins right we also saw like the seraphite island and that was insane because it looked like a completely different game and like a different world mm-hmm. even the, the bridges they made it, it was like a new a new thing for the game you know we've never been that like high up like it's like a complete new thing and a completely new experience and it just makes you think like what do other cities that we passed in the first game had like different uh different settings and how do the people change the environment because i think a big part of the first game was looking how looking at how our world changes after you know uh an infection like that hits and like humanity pretty much gets decimated yeah but in this game, we're also seeing how people are rebuilding the world around them. And it's just really cool. Like, even uh, after the bridges, the building, the building they fall into, that it was just so cool how see how it's falling apart. Uh, I think the first game had something like that, but it, that one was different because the, the building felt like it was going to collapse any minute. Oh, yeah. You remember that yeah. one? That was really cool, and it, it actually kept me on on my toes because it was like oh, are we gonna like try to get off this building before it collapses is it gonna collapse on us while we're inside but the the hotel that the bridge takes us to it was really cool to see just it's falling apart from the inside and just the the um basically just the bones of it surviving is just covered in spores it's covered in you know like a bunch of infected people and I just think it, the the game provided like a lot of different settings. I I know there's a part in the game where we enter a, uh, something a, an area that used to be a park, and it was a huge forest, and it's just like one of those cool things this game does of showing you what happens when nature takes over again. Um, yeah, I do agree about the bridge part. I do want to bring that up too. That's like one of the biggest takeaways from the game. Um, I like the design of that bridge one. It's like it's it's so natural, like to it's see. It's so cool because to get up there, it's like the wood the seraphites use, and it kind of looks like how they build their houses. Right. But once you're at the top, it's just like those big long thingies they used to for construction, mm-hmm. like those grua thingies. Uh, yeah, those crates. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like so cool, and it's it's so fun to see just Lev jumping around like it's nothing. <laughs> because Abby has a fear of heights she's just freaking out the whole time <laughs> yeah uh, another cool setting in the game like another cool place is the dome uh, uh, what dome was it Rome? oh you're talking yeah, about the, the synagogue how you pronounce it Sena- oh, the, 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 the Jewish synagogue uh-huh. um, in Seattle yeah. uh, okay the, I, that was a really cool thing and we, at that point in the game we're still in that calm phase right and I just I thought it was really cool because you know, because we go into that building, we learn about more more about Dina, and I thought it was just a cool thing of like, 
using the environment the game makes to develop the, its characters. Oh, okay. I, I, that was one of my favorite parts of the game, just hearing about Dina and knowing that she still has, she's still a person of faith and like she still prays. And I thought it was really cool because um, I don't think it's something that is talked about much uh, in post-apocalyptic movies and all kind of media that we what happens when you have a religion or when you have a place of worship and now you can access it because of you know the world has pretty much ended so i just thought it was really cool to to hear her perspective uh, granted i have heard jewish people say that like kind of like her part and like what she said is painted with like the broadest uh brush about Jewish love because it's not it's cool representation but it could be more intimate uh, as you both and I are lifelong gamers dedicated gamers this is pretty much the first time we actually came across with a lot of uh, Jewish uh, traditions and religion in a, in yeah. a very denser way because um, I mean I'm pretty sure we've gone to some a, f- a few games that has like has Christianity and Catholicism yeah. a little bit but Jewish one is like the like the Jewish religion yeah. in that game was like it's a very another unique move of why this why the last of us part 2 is very unique because to be honest with you I kind of learned a lot about you know yeah. Dina kind of taught us about a Jew- Jewish religion about it like well I think she briefly mentioned yeah, it yeah briefly mentioned I, it yeah. I think it's still important that it was there and hopefully in the future you know when characters talk about these things it's hopefully more in depth and more personal actually yeah. Cause and I think that's a good point. That is like the first time we, we hear about we see like a Jewish or, one of those like we he, we see other religions other than Christianity, and now that you mentioned it, now I'm trying to think another game that includes religion without being a cult or like a <laughs> bunch of crazy people. <laughs> so I just really like that it was like, seen as a positive thing. Because I think it's always easy, you know, to just crap on religion. Yeah. And for valid reasons. Yeah. But even even the Seraphites, you know, when we're playing as Avi, we know that they're like this crazy cold from her point of view. And once we see Lev, we meet Lev, you know, he talks about how, yeah, well, it is because they are using, you know, what we believe in and they're twisting it. They're twisting it to like sound completely different and they're using it as an excuse to hate. So I really like that, because um, Lev, I think it's a character that is so easy to love and like want to protect, and I like that he still, you know, he still believes in their prophet, and he still has the same beliefs, but he's still able to criticize the other people that have the same beliefs as him, and they believe in the same system. That's actually a really good. I, I thought that was really cool. That's I, I yeah, brought that I I'm starting to realize that now because Lev is a really good representation for. All the folks in every religion will will have some disagreements of their own creed. Yeah. Which is really, I started to realize that now. Yeah, That's really and awesome I think that, that was like a really cool thing that when we were playing Asabi, we know how much she hates uh, the Seraphites. Uh-huh. Uh, but when she, she meets Lev, she's like so quick to like want to die for him pretty much. And I have this strong instinct to protect him. And I just, I thought it was really cool because she's facing her biases and she's you know changing the way she thinks because of the people she interacts because i think that's a big part of the game uh i know a lot of people say it's about you know revenge brings more revenge and violence is wrong and i think that's a way to like minimize the game and to simplify it to a point that it sounds irrational Mm -hmm. 
for me a big part of the game felt like you know everyone has their story and once you know other people it's easier to sympathize with him with them and you know sometimes you take people you take the sometimes you dehumanize people because you don't know them so it's easier to see them as the other uh because even you know in the first game we saw the fireflies as these really cool people and even still in this game they're kind of like the victims because of what joel did in the first game but in the museum scene you know when it's getting darker and like avi uh, ellie crawls into that space you can see uh like the graffiti uh, a firefly left about like all the horrible stuff they made as a firefly so you can also see like in this type of world everyone is trying you know to survive some people are making worse choices than others but no one is perfect and then everyone has their failings all right so um um actually you go first what do you um what do you want to share of the story share your points of this whole story i think the first thing i want to talk about it's uh the reaction people have had of the game mainly about you know they say the traders were lying you know about joel and um you know the developers kept saying that he was gonna be in the game and like um, you see Joel with like his little somewhat long hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know I think that's something movies do all the time now, especially like Marvel movies. You know, like in uh, in Endgame, we all know that part in the trailer where all the Avengers are running and the Hulk is there. Well, no, it, it wasn't Endgame. It was Infinity War. You know, and like the Hulk is running with them, and once you watch the movie, you're like, oh well, they lied. You know, but when people react to that they are usually they just shrug it off and they're like yeah they just didn't want to spoil it they they want to surprise you and i just don't see as big of a backlash as i see with this game and i do understand uh the reason for it because you know uh games is a different type of media than movies and shows and books and everything else people might consume because it's more personal you know, it's something you, um, you are, you feel really like a big part of the, the game. Cause if you don't play the game, the story won't get told. So I understand that type of feeling really personal to the game, but also this backlash, big part of it feels like, uh, it comes from a big place of entitlement and I would even say toxic masculinity at some levels. Yeah, I could see um, that. You know, like if you don't, you didn't like the game, I understand. But you know, if you don't like a game, you can just walk away. Uh, and you know, you're playing this game and getting upset because it didn't go the way you wanted to. It's kind of, I, I'm trying to see the reason behind it because you know, you people got mad in Left Behind when Ellie kills People get mad and left behind when Ellie kisses Riley, you know, um, and then you know that the writer for the game is a big Anita Sarkisian supporter. People got mad again when they found out you were going to be mainly playing as Ellie. So what I like, if you keep getting mad about the choices the developers are taking and where the story is going, 
I think at this point what makes more sense is just walking away from a story you know you're not gonna enjoy you know but you even people got mad when uh, they saw the trailer where Ellie and Dina kiss and it's like if you know that's gonna be in the game maybe you shouldn't play it cause then you're getting upset for no reason you know and I, I understand how much people love the first game and you know it's still gonna be there and it hasn't changed because of how the last one came out and no matter how you feel it's never okay you know to send death threats to the actors that play a character that they didn't even write you know they just get paid to portray it so i just think that's a nasty thing uh yeah i do agree like i do agree on like most of everything what you just said um what really bothers me since the leaks came out earlier this year is that er yeah everything what you said is that everybody's getting pissed off and yeah. like and they also found out that you know Joel's <laughs> died like yeah. a little bit earlier in the game yeah I feel like most people saw the leaks and they made their minds and I have ever heard people saying you know they were playing the game and people come into their live streams just to hate on it and you find out that they haven't even played it or they don't even know the story so they're just blindly hating yeah pretty much I mean my question to them, I mean, but keep in mind, this is our very own, own opinion, our opinion, and it's not always the fact we just enjoyed the game, we just love the story very much, but, I mean, it's, I mean, if, I understand that you're mad, but is it really necessary to be mad in a very personal level? I mean, I'm pretty sure the folks out there have a, have some better reasons besides the game to be mad than just this game. I mean, the game's already written yeah. behind our back, so... <laughs> I mean, we can always, the only thing we can do is just accept it. Yeah, I really like this story. Uh, one of my only uh, comments against it would be that it feels too long for me. I know people have problem with the pacing, but I actually didn't mind it. And I mostly enjoyed it. And I know I talked to you about this days ago that, you know, it's just, it feels like it's media rest. And, you know... I love reading that type of structure. You know, it's something I don't really enjoy as much in movies. Usually it doesn't come across in a way I enjoy. But experiencing this game like that made me think like, oh, maybe I would enjoy more games with a writing structure like this. You know, like Chronicle of a Death foretold by Gabriel Garcia Marquez is one of my favorite books. You know, and since the beginning, you know that the main character dies. And you know, the the rest of the book is you know just jumping back and forth to uh the points of view of different people and you're like getting this small information that but you already know what's gonna happen and i know people were saying you know it's hard to empathize with the characters or to feel for them when i, I know they're gonna die and maybe you weren't supposed to empathize i kind of felt dread and i just felt worried because it's like oh this person i know like what's gonna happen to them um you know i know a lot of people say you know the game didn't make me empathize with abby enough and i think that's just um a thing that uh, in society we tend to expect women to always be nice to always be likable and we got this really cool character that is like you know stepping away from all those stereotypes and all those expectations women have and i think that's why so many people find it hard to empathize with her because you know Joel in the first game was an asshole yeah for most of the game he treated Ellie like she was extra luggage that he didn't want to carry and at the end of the game everyone loved him you know 
he became really relatable and you know Abby is not even being as bad as he was you know when you compare Joel and Ellie and Abby and Lev you know Abby instantly fell for this kid you know since like on the second or third day with him she was ready to die for him you know like when when Isaac is trying to kill Lev and Abby just won't move she won't move she keeps trying to protect him and at the beginning of the game they were like so parts where Joel just wanted to get rid of Ellie <laughs> yeah I can totally see that so it's like she's she's putting a higher moral ground than most characters and still it's not enough for people compared to how they feel about Joel boy this is so this is a very difficult topic to about yeah. this, this, this um, I understand that you said that this game is you don't really see this game as controversial and um I kind of see it that way from what I saw from the internet, from Twitter, and most of the dark side of the dark corners <laughs> of the internet, Twitter, Reddit. But I could totally see what they were saying, but I don't, I don't, I don't really agree of their claims. Really, yeah. most of their claims are just homophobic, transphobic, and yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I want to express my express my opinions of Abby. Um, the first half of the game we played together when Abby <laughs> kills Joel. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, I was like, I ain't gonna forgive you <laughs> after this game. And you know what? I hear a lot of people saying, "Well, maybe if we knew at the beginning that Joel killed her dad, we would empathize with her more." And I think maybe they're right because I knew why she wanted to kill Joel because I read some of the things about the leaks. So I knew why she wanted to kill him. So since she killed him, I didn't really hate on her because I knew why. So maybe that's a point on them that we should have known before but maybe that wasn't the point of this story uh-uh. I think it's more about making you uncomfortable and make you have tough conversations and like really think some complicated like sort out your complicated mm-hmm. feelings towards it yeah it's a very complicated I mean when this is, the first one is like a, the first game is like very simple you just deliver a girl and then you realize like oh my god she's gonna get she's gonna die because it's building vaccine and he just kills everyone in the hospital and for the second one this is See, but I don't feel it was that simple. Um, for me, it wasn't as easy to love Joel, you know, and I understand he was, you know, shut down because of the trauma he experienced at the beginning of the apocalypse. Yeah, when he lost his daughter by yeah. some government shooter. Yeah, but then throughout this game, I just see, like, this little girl trying to, you know, connect with him, and she's carrying most of the emotional labor because he just won't open you know like when he finally opens is when you know ellie finally breaks down and she's like completely vulnerable you know when she says everyone i loved has either left me or died everyone but you and you know she just have to really open she has to be the first one to do that and those things are hard so once you step back from it you can see like you know he should be better at this because he's older he should be more emotionally mature and I don't hail, hate Joel, but I just don't see him in the same light other people see him. You know, uh, a lot of people are upset because they killed a lovable <laughs> character. And, you know, like, okay. lovable is Isabelle, that everyone sees her and they're just like, oh, my God, her, she's so cute. She's sleeping in her desk while at work. Oh, my God. You know, Joel was this really violent anti-hero. Yeah, he's a... Yeah. You know, and an anti-heroine is supposed to be loved as much, and it's like it's it's like 
It's like people like Deadpool so much because yeah. of his charisma and his violent yeah. stuff. People like the Punisher because you you, you want to see like you want you want to see the Punisher doing some very nasty stuff yeah. to criminals. So. And like you know, Spider Man is a really lovable character. Yeah. You don't see him killing a bunch of people just to save the one he mm-hmm. loves. Mm-hmm. And I think that in that way, the first game wasn't that simple because you know you're left with this thing that like oh joel killed so many people and not only that but he's lying to ellie to her face (laughs) you know so you're i think you're supposed to be left with that you know kind of like well i don't know how i feel about this you know and i think even the the dlc added more to it for me because you know in the first game you know that ellie got beaten at the same time as another person she was close to but in the dlc you see their relationship and you see when it happens and you know the game ends with them you know saying we're gonna just lose our minds together you know it's um and they're both you know like just waiting for the worst thing to happen and then I think that made it even more difficult for me because the first game kind of left me feeling empty because no one gave Ellie a choice. Yeah. And in the DLC, you see how much, you know, since Riley died or even before that, because we don't really know what happened to her mom, she's been looking for meaning and she's, you know, she's been looking to matter in this world. So just to think that since Riley died, she's been carrying this uh survivor's guilt and she's just you know feeling like why me and why not her and why just me um and i i don't think either like abby's dad is on the right either you know because he's a doctor that is going to take someone's life without their consent so he's still fucked up um even marlene who i liked you know in the second game we see that she wants to tell joel because she says you know he deserves to know which is, a, I think it's a good thing to do, but she still won't give Ellie a choice. Like, everyone felt Ellie at that moment. And what is, like, more messed up is, you know, you realize, you know, Marlene did the right thing for Joel. You know, she was being the bigger person. And then, as a result, Joel took her life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to point out about focusing on Joel really quick. was um, The reason why Joel was was acting so negative and like throughout the first game and I'm pretty sure he still felt negative on the second game when he was alive um the way it kind of stuck out to me was his watch that his um that he got it from his birthday yeah. that her actual biological daughter mm-hmm. gave her um there was actually like little bullet holes in it mm-hmm. I, I think um the watch represents of Joel's trauma but yeah. also he's completely as you can see like the clock hand is just mm-hmm. like it doesn't even go mm-hmm. around clockwise anymore it just stuck there it resembles Joel as like he is completely stuck and per- yeah. permanently living feeling stuck in time like feeling stuck in yeah. trauma while time is passing by on him even during the apocalypse yeah and I think that's even when you look at it that way it's even more interesting to see that that's something Ellie inherits from him mm-hmm. you know because she's still looking for meaning so I think once Joel is killed this becomes like her obsession just like Abby's uh, revenge is her obsession mm-hmm. but it, it it takes over Ellie in a way that you know it's she's not eating as much she's not sleeping as much so she's like slowly, deca- slowly decaying Yeah, and I think it's just in this obsession of like you know I have to matter because I 
I didn't become the cure like my life didn't amount to that so now like my sole purpose is on revenging is on avenging Joel yeah and even when you see her holding the the, the watch I think that's uh, you know you're supposed to see that they had really beautiful interactions with each other and they had a, a really beautiful relationship but it still wasn't perfect and it still had those hard those hard to look at moments and you know dark situations as well yeah yeah from from the first game we both see like we saw the we saw the, like the bonding between ellie and joel and um from all the conversations i feel like in the first game sorry for we're going on related topic here but um, I feel like in my hot take was that Ellie was the most... Even though we're in Apocalypse, everything's all depressing, everything's like all doomed and hopeless and stuff. I just feel like Ellie was like the most positive person that yeah. can get near to Joel. And then... And with all the you know, with all the deep conversations they had, both of them, like Ellie warmed Joel up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Not fully, but quite a bit just to, you know, feel close with him, just to comfort him while he was while he was dealing with his own personal trauma yeah. and uh, but also i mean <laughs> i mean joel is still is still an anti-hero mm-hmm. i mean he's not like spider-man he's a <laughs> he's like the punisher yeah and um, um and i think that's why it's important that we look at characters like dina and lev that they both have also you know experienced loss because you, you know we find out that dina's sister was killed by some uh-huh. people but she's like one of the most wholesome characters in the game and she still has hope and she's still looking you know for the light <laughs> and for the second one and for the second game after Joel dies Ellie experienced like the same trauma feel where what Joel was feeling Joel yeah. lost was feeling you know depressed when he mm-hmm. lost his daughter now Ellie is feeling also depressed when he lost Joel when she lost Joel yeah and I think with so so it became like a sorry to interrupt you it became like a cycle so where dina comes in to warm ellie up yeah so but i think those two characters dina and lev also are there as an example of a healthier way to deal with trauma because you know we see both ellie and abby you know get consumed by this rage and this desire for revenge Uh and it's harder i think it's harsher on on Ellie in the sense that you know at the end of the game we feel hopeless because she's now alone uh-huh. and in the case of Abby it just becomes this really nasty case of bad karma where she got the revenge she wanted but that came at the cost of all her friends lives oh yeah so yeah. you know that's what she get <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but you know Dina and Lev like Lev just lost his sister Mm-hmm. And he killed his mom. Yeah. And after that, he still has, you know, a hope for... She, he still has a desire to see the best in people. You know, Ellie, Abby would have killed Dina if Lev didn't stop her. And... That's going to get nasty yeah. if that happens. <laughs> yeah, and you you can see, you know, how he's been the bigger person. Even though he's the youngest person in the game, he's already, you know... Um, dealing with his pain better and he's you know he's stopping the cycle uh-huh. you know at the end of the game uh ellie stops it but um he kind of saves avi in a way because you know she's gonna kill dina in this really deep moment of rage but she was probably gonna regret it once she come down so that's like 
you know Lev saved her oh yeah yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I mean when it comes to like side characters like Ellie in the first game and Dina from the second game and Lev um, I, I kind of noticed some patterns that Ellie from the first game as you know she was like the younger one and Dina yeah. and I feel like all three regardless if the apocalypse is very depressing as I said again I feel like they're all very like positive they they're they're very insane they're very sane and they're very like mm-hmm. they can able to like able to stick around with the main characters just to you know look after them and just try to be positive uh, for a little bit in a very dark world which I kind of noticed the pattern of, of the, yeah I thought a really interesting thing is once we're playing as Abby and we're fi- fighting Ellie in the theater it kind of felt like that time when you're playing as Ellie in the first game and you're fighting against David, the cannibal dude. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, because uh, at that time, I was le- dealing with, uh, you know, we David don't want to harm Ellie, but she's really scary right now. Oh, oh <laughs> She yeah. was hard to, to fight that time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I want to do, I, I do want to express my thoughts about that, too, though, because, um... <clears throat> I think the game did. I think the developers of Naughty Dog did a really good job making Ellie a very scary character mm-hmm. because, like, we can totally see that Ellie is very angry now. She lost Joel, and then you're basically, you're basically become Abby to you know try to avoid her like face to face. Yeah. And then you just see her just like just rushing around corners, and but yeah. I actually liked it a lot. It was yeah, cool. I think it's showing you. You know, I think both Abby and Ellie are good people that are just making bad choices. Yeah, and they happen to live in this world where everything is really shitty. So yeah. your bad bad choices just become worse and worse to the point <laughs> that they're just horrible. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else you wanna add about like any? Okay. Um. Let's see here. Any characters you do not like? Oh, I think Tommy. That was a really cool thing they did with their character, I think, because he it was such a positive uh, character in the first game. And, you know, he had his life together, and he was like, you know, things were going like the best they could for in an apocalypse for a person. And at the end of the game, we see um, how this search for revenge has also make made him lose what he had like when he said him and maria were you know separated i thought it was so sad and then he shows the map and he's like i know where abby is and i'm like you <laughs> piece of crap yeah. I'm, I'm happy maria left you why are you gonna bring that shit again <laughs> no, i mean um uh, on girlfriend reviews i was looking at the streaming and um matt the boyfriend mm-hmm. <clears throat> Like he was like, like a huge Tommy fan on the first one. Yeah, and I he, love Tommy too. And there was a, and there was a funny take where like, he's all like, we should they should make like a DLC store focusing on Tommy only. Mm-hmm. And then it come to the second one came out and that one scene where Ellie and Tommy meet up at the house, mm-hmm. um, you'll see like a perspective completely different mm-hmm. because you'll see like, like Tommy acting so strange like he still wants revenge mm-hmm. to avenge Joel's death yeah. and um we started to see like how desperate he is like yeah. trying to take down Abby and then you'll start feeling grossed out just to, mm-hmm. like see his like his his 
his behavior obsession. his obsession yeah. his behavior is yeah. just like it completely different it's and the game itself making me feel very different on joe as well too mm-hmm. though and the first one we we see joe as beloved quote unquote mm-hmm. beloved character but if we get into abby's side of the story like you'll start to see like um different feelings for joe mm-hmm. a bit negative so which is interesting i like what you were saying about tommy and i think he's a good example of like how where vengeance can take you which makes me wonder like do we really need to do all of that twice with ellie because you know i i think the story is a little long in in some parts and you know when you make a movie you have an editor or when you write a book, you have someone that is telling you, okay, this is too much. You need to work it into a more concise way. So I think uh, Neil should have someone like that. Um, I really like this story, but I, I, I think you remember towards the end of the game, I was just like, run. I, I don't even want to read more notes. I don't want to get more source, more resources, which I just want to finish the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the pace. Yeah, the pacing-wise is always an issue. Um, my only complaint was... Um, the Santa Barbara level as a whole. Yeah. I just feel like this is like, it's not necessary. Like. Yeah, but it was cool. It's cool. So, it's uh, for like the environmental wise. Yeah, it's cool to I, see it. Like all the things were really cool, but I think you have to arrive to a compromise. Yeah. Where you're like, either I lose it because the story is too long, or either I work it around. <laughs> yeah. I think I I would have, I think it would have been better. Because I know everyone is mad that we take so long getting the stupid stupid medicine for Yara. And yeah. then she fucking dies anyways. Mm-hmm. And I also felt inferior. inferior. I also felt upset about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we could, you know, patch her up right there. You know, you don't have to go through that whole thing. Uh, maybe she dies there. And then Lev convinces you to go to the island to get his mom. And because, uh-huh. you know, Abby's at that point where she cares about Lev. She's not going to let him go alone. Uh-huh. And that way we're saving the time of, you know, going to get the medicine. Uh-huh. And, you know, it sucks because I said I really like the part with the bridges and, like, yeah. the hotel. Yeah. So it's something you got to lose, but you have to make compromises. Uh-huh. I think it would have been cool um, to go to the island because, you know, one of the things I felt uncomfortable with is when we learn lev's dead name yeah and i just felt it felt wrong listening to it i was like i'm oh. not supposed to know this oh i didn't know i did not know you felt that way yeah i wasn't paying attention <laughs> <laughs> and i think you know when writing they say you know show don't don't tell so maybe if we go with lev to the island and we hear from his mom like who he actually is or we learn you know that he is supposed to be a bride to this elder uh, instead of, you know, just having a conversation with Jara, I think it would be a more proactive way to be still be part of the story. I think it would have been cool instead of fighting the big dude at the end, just like with our fists, maybe it was the Elder. Or like we get to actually see the Elder, I would love oh. to fuck up the Elder. <laughs> oh god, that would be crazy. Yeah, and I think it would add more emotion to it. Because that part of the game where you know you lose your backpack and you're just fist fighting this dude with the big hammer i really like that fight but making him someone that we heard about before i think would make it more emotional that would be pretty cool yeah yeah um because every time someone said you know left that name i was just like taking so much pleasure in killing them like 
Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to bring up the Santa Barbara level again. I feel like it's it's a bit unnecessary. I feel like yeah. it, I feel like it was like a it was like an extra epilogue after mm-hmm. like the scene where Ellie was with the baby. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was like unnecessary, and I feel like the only ending, the end point, in my opinion, should end it for this game was um, where Ellie's completely like alone with Dina and the baby. Yeah. And then um. And then come up with the after credits, you'll see like Tommy coming in. Yeah, and, and I close. I think he would be a good, a good example of you know where how you can lose everything for vengeance. But then we see Tommy do it, and then we see Abby, uh, we see Ellie doing it all over again. Yeah. Uh, and I can't come up with like the perfect story for this game. I can't really change it that much because you know I'm not a professional at this. I'm just saying you know, it's. It shouldn't be a project of just one person, cause mm-hmm. I can see Neil just you know making the story grow, 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 right. and everything was really cool to experience. But there should be someone else that is just like you know just rein it in a little bit, you know, like try to uh, be a project of more than one person. Okay then. Well. Um... Uh, another thing is, I was interested to see how this love triangle was going to play out between Jesse, Dina, and Ellie. Oh, yeah. And I kind of feel like he was lazy just to kill Jesse. And yeah. I was sad because I really like him in the game. Yeah, I like him too. Pretty much as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, he's so cool. <laughs> but it felt lazy. At this point, he's just pretty much the sperm donor <laughs> for their kid <laughs> and oh um, I just think it would have been really cool to see how they interact with each other after that like all three of them and how they work it out but then again it's already too long of a game yeah I, 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 um, I it just felt lazy like to take him out of the story conveniently like that uh, would you play again? yeah I'm actually excited to play it again soon especially now that i know the whole story uh i think it's gonna be fun to see where avi and ellie's stories overlap because mm-hmm. now that we know where avi was at some points of the story i think it's really cool no, now that you might play through the hospital part where you're looking for norma and mm. then you know that you just miss Abby. You just miss her. And probably while you're fucking up Norma, she's downstairs fighting the Rat King. <laughs> so that's a good thing to a good thing to keep in mind. Would you play it again? Uh, yeah, I would totally play again. Um, I mean, there are some points I don't really, you know, agree with the story. But I mean, but um, the more the more if I'll play it again, there uh, I'll more. I would be more than happy to express, you know, some newer thoughts of the yeah. game in a very positive way. Uh, but so far, like the whole story itself, it's it's a very rough game. Yeah. And um, this game is not meant to like enjoy it, like you know, just sitting down and just be lazy and just enjoy this new game. But this. But is... I think that's that's a thing for most post post apocalyptic type of stories like yeah. i don't watch a disaster movie thinking oh this is gonna make my day <laughs> yeah you're just zoning out but like this game is like it makes you uncomfortable it makes you tense and i feel like this delivers comp- i think now you like delivers it they just knocked it out of the park yeah really cool. i really like it you know it's not perfect but i think it's important to keep in mind that when the first last of us game oh, came out yeah 
it blew people away oh, and yeah. it started the conversation of like are video games art and like can video games have like some uh, some complex and really engaging storytelling right so in, I feel like the bar might be too high for this game but it's because the game that came before it was just so amazing but you know compared to other games that might have a shitty story you know it's not that <laughs> bad like it's yeah. not as bad as people are making it sound it's really not that bad well well that should uh, call it for the episode if you like the this episode please subscribe you know if you rate um if you like this episode please subscribe uh share it around if you think it's something more people should listen to and we would really appreciate a, a review for this podcast all right and also um just leave a a comment or you can't comment you can't comment podcast, no. oh, okay um or you can just send us an email or yeah, we'll social in, media. We haven't made an email yet. An e- we haven't made an email yet, but we'll make one and just put it in the show notes. Yeah, if totally. You guys can email us with your thoughts, uh, questions, and we'll hopefully address them in future episodes. And also, if um, and later on, for while building this podcast, you can also throw us some suggestions what games we should play. And um, yeah. So, yeah. And any other topics you would like us to talk about. Hopefully, next episode we'll talk about, you know, Naughty, naughty Dog's treatment of their employees. Uh, I feel like when we're all of us talk, when we're talking about this game, it's something that most people won't acknowledge. And I think it's important because you know this whole episode we talk about you know the things they're doing right and how they're being revolutionary but the way they're treating their employees is also you know going to be revolutionary in the way games are made and i think it's something important to talk about and it's something important to acknowledge um because you know even before we played the game i was on the fence about buying it because i didn't want to support something like that and at the end, I caved in, and I'm really proud of it. But I, I really think it's important to acknowledge how they're acting and how they're treating their workers. All right. Well, we'll dive in more into it for the next episode. And, uh, yeah. So thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we hope you find our thoughts more enjoyable. So uh, we'll see you next episode. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Last Night at the Arcade. Please subscribe and leave us a review, comments, and questions to our email at lnatapodcast at gmail.com, and we will return with a reply in the next episode. Follow us on Twitter at lnatapodcast, and like our Facebook page to keep up to date to our future episodes. This is William, signing off.